go. Love you. Blog Talk Radio. Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and here at Mama's Pearls, we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. And I hope you're doing well this today on this lovely day here in the Northeast and coming off of what was a gorgeous holiday weekend here. Um, we had just such a blast this weekend, and I'm still kind of reeling from our show last week. Now, here at Mama's Pearls, we are a family-branded series. We begin our week, we go on a weekly cycle, we begin our week on Facebook and different social media platforms, kind of prepping our community here of what we're thinking of for this for the week to come. Then we do our Mama's Pearls blog, then we have our delicious and fabulously fun radio show, which is here being hosted at Blog Talk Radio, and then my best friend Melissa posts her blog, which is M's Gems and Under the Mama's Pearls Umbrella, usually now on Fridays. So we have a whole weekly cycle that's happening. And like I said, last week we kind of, we had so much fun with Dr. Zahava Israeli on our show called Mighty Aphrodite. If you've missed it, then I would definitely recommend that you go into the archives and go on the Mama's Pearls blog and catch up and refresh what we were talking about. Um, Mighty Aphrodite is based on the goddess of love, beauty, and sexuality. And we had no problems diving in and talking about what it really means for a woman to be sexual and to maintain her sexual energy as well as a couple throughout the course of their marriage. Basically, what happens when the candles go out? You know, do you and, the, you and your partner sit there in the dark and, and do what? If you're like most busy parents, you want to catch, catch some sleep and you hit the hay and you go right to bed. But it is important, and we learned from Dr. Zahava, that it is as crucial to any other element of your relationship to maintain your, your sexual relationship. And my grandmother used to always say, you know, no, she didn't give me sex advice, but she did used to say that it was really important for a woman to marry a man who loves her just a little bit more than she loves him because the woman had to face so many more physical changes throughout her lifetime. And these physical changes do revolve around the sexual reproductive cycle of women. And it's not always an easy and fun thing. I mean, again, menopause for many women is <laughs> not so fun. And, you know, it's, it does, it's something, it's another valley and peak and mountain that we have to go through as women. So it's important to have your partner who's right there, who's right there with us. Um, going through that process. Now, the pearl of last week was divinely guided. And mainly, if you think that the goddesses do not exist, 
I'm going to tell you right now that you're wrong because the goddess very much is still alive and well and present in the universe. Back in ancient Greek times, there was a whole goddess, gods and goddess worship, and there were many, many deities basically for anything and everything. We focus on Aphrodite. Melissa focuses on the the hunter, the goddess hunter, Artemis, I think is how you pronounce it, Artemis, in her blog, M's Gems, and these goddess, gods and goddesses were there to guide and protect as well as to help things happen, and one of the main sources and definition of a god and goddess is their in, in their ability to create and protect and, and, and give life to something. Now, what does that sound like to you? To me, if you're giving life to something, that sounds like a mom. That sounds like a parent. That sounds like a woman's natural ability to procreate and creative life. And there's nothing more godlike than that to creative life, whether or not you have a biological child or not. This is innate in all women. So women are goddesses and are walking among us every single day. So um, enjoy your goddesses. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy that power that we all have and tap into it and don't be afraid, to, afraid of it. I'm going to read you a quote now from Sam Keen and we're going to then dive into this week's topic. And he says, call it womb awe or even womb worship, but it's not simple envy. I don't remember ever wanting to be a woman, but each of the three times I have been present at the birth of one of my children, I have been overwhelmed by a sense of reverence. It was quite suddenly the first day of creation, the goddess giving birth to a world. Like men since the beginning of time, I wondered, what can I ever create with equal the magnificence of this new life? Now, guys, don't feel don't feel too bad. We're here to help you out too. This is not all about the women. And I know on the men, you have such pressure on you, whether it be in your work world, whether it be in your home life, whether if you follow Dr. Zahava's advice and you're able to bring a woman to orgasm every single time, to be able to keep that up and keep her satisfied. And we're here at Mama's Pearls. We're here to help you out too. So, um <laughs> to follow Dr. Hava's advice, and we're just leaving it as that. And Dr. Zahava, by the way, is now our official Mama's Pearls resident um, resident psychologist in sexual issues and pretty much our own version of, of Dr. Ruth, but much better and much more fun, um, is basically, you know, her motto now is live orgasmically and because it's the new organic. Now, when I was... <laughs> Thinking about moving into what I knew wanted I, what I wanted to do for June, I didn't quite make the bridge connection. Um, well, you'll say basically for June, I want to focus on the male and the masculine energy, and to honor you men as much as we've honored the women during May, which was the month of the mother in honors of Mother's Day. And now coming up is obviously Father's Day, and um, and it's just seemingly perfect from my world, although it might be like sufficiently awkward for anybody else listening to follow up like the the Mama's Pearl Sex Goddess show with the show that's honoring my dad. But, you know, people just don't put the two and to get two together. But in my family, whenever I've gone off a little bit too far into the into the wild and into the fun, 
my dad has always been right there to reel me back in. And I knew when I was mapping out the shows both for last month and this month that I did want to have Dr. Zahava on the show and talk about those issues and the sexual energy. And my father and my parents were going off on an African safari, and I knew I wanted to really tap in and get a get some feedback from my dad about his trip, as well as really honoring the jungle nature and animal nature that is within all of us. And we just play that out in a human form, but we are still all animals. And um, I just can't wait to hear about his experience in Africa, as well as dive into a little bit more to this week's topic, which is the Alpha Lion. The Alpha Lion is going to be our first setup for June, which June we are going, going to focus on the many things that make up the aspects of the father and the male roles in our society. And um, and I've always kind of put my, <laughs> my dad in sufficiently awkward situations, which he's had, have handled with grace, or maybe not so gracefully, but it has handled <laughs> throughout his life, and he's always just been there for me and with me, and from the beginning, he's always been my my main man and the main man in my life. So it's just um, in discovering the landscape of what it means to be a father, a man in this world, and what this all means, I needed to bring in my father. My father has been on the show before um, in Mama's Pearls, and you can find that in, in the archives. I believe the, the title of it was Taking Stock, and it was um, quite a few months ago, but you will find it there. And my dad is um, also the other half of the picture where I've spoken about on the first show of Mama's Pearls and was one of my inspirations for the um, for the title of, of Mama's Pearls was in a drawing that my sister was asked to do of her family when she was in kindergarten. She drew her family, and she drew my mom in like this prim and proper outfit with the with a strand of white pearls around her neck, you know, all dressed up and you know like the perfect quintessential fifties mom. Which, if you know my mom, is so not her. Like, okay, she can. You know, she can be that, but she's more like the, um, you know, she hates when I say it, but she's more like the hippie hippie mom and the laid-back mom and the jeans and the T-shirt mom, not necessarily the dressed-up and the pearls. Her pearls come out, like, on special occasions and, um, you know, not on an everyday daily basis. But, you know, to my sister, that was her portrayal of the family. Now, the other side of that, that picture, she drew my dad. And she drew my dad with um, <laughs> with steam coming out of his ears. And you can only imagine the questions and the looks that my family must have gotten from the teacher of why is she drawing an angry dad. Because my, my dad is not an angry person. If anything, he is kind of a lion um, or a teddy bear, depending, depending on how you look at things, in that my dad can be completely fierce to the outside world. But when he's around his cubs, He's incredibly protective and incredibly loving and giving and generous. So with this, I'd like to dive into this week's show, Alpha Lion. The pearl of the week is a hug is mightier than the roar. 
So my dad, again, I've, I've talked about him plenty on, on Mama's Pearls, and aside from being the best father in the world, he is also a sole proprietor and has run his own, his own company for the last 25 years, which his family has been in for since the Great Depression. And this has been his working jungle you know, for his working life and as a child and, you know, my sister and I would watch him wake up at basically ridiculous hours and go work, um, you know, just ridiculously long hours out in this, this jungle that, that was his work world, you know, only to come home and still have time time enough and energy enough to give us the love and intention that we so so desperately needed and still be there for us every step of the way. And my dad is also a true outdoorsman and a barbecue master, and I am just very, very happy to welcome back to Mama's Pearls, my dad, Larry. Dad, you there? I'm here. Hi, Sint. Hi, Dad. Thank you for the lovely introduction. (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you for, like, uh, you know, giving Mom your seed so I can be bored. (laughs) My pleasure. (laughs) Okay, so Dad, tell me first about your your trip in Africa, and about um, just about a little bit about what, what you experienced there. Uh, it was a wonderful trip, uh, beautiful country. Went to the, uh, South Africa actually. Uh, we first flew to uh, to Cape Town, which is a very cosmopolitan city, very modern city. The locale is very exotic in that there's a 3,000-foot mountain uh, sort of in the middle of the city um, with ocean all around. Uh, It was just very beautiful. We um, then proceeded after a couple of days in Cape Town uh, to go just about as north as you could in in South Africa, flew to Johannesburg, then rode three hours in a and a little touring van till we got to this game reserve and golf resort, I might add, which was interesting. But the game reserve was just these lodges, which had uh, very nice accommodations, wasn't big, but uh, the land was tremendous. It was wild. Beautiful escarpments, mountains, meadows, lakes, everything you could dream of or, or have dreamed of in my case. And there were animals all over the place, uh, and we would every evening and morning, or morning and evening. We'd, I say evening first because we got there in the afternoon, and as soon as we got there, we went into a a touring jeep. It's a, really a Land Cruiser that has stadium seating for six, where so that you don't you can look over the person in front of you. There's a guide who has a big rifle in front, uh, which if nothing else is great for impression when you get into the van for the first time, the uh, truck for the first time. Who goes Yeah, it's rela- that's relaxing. Uh, well, listen, <laughs> for some people who are there, it, it, they, that did relax them. They were very scared of going out without having somebody who could, had the capability of protecting the group. Right. Again, we are, uh, and this trip to me, uh, made very aware of the fact that we were visitors in somebody else's experience. Humans tend to believe that wherever we go, we dominate. Well, I'm not so sure that's true. You know, we might, one of the things 
that I enjoyed on the trip was watching the animals in their natural state, uh, watching families of animals, how they interacted. It was fascinating. Uh, hearing from our guide, who was with us all the time, uh, about the animals, their habits, uh, how they manage, and the fact that you know we're just going around trying to find them. And that's literally, he was a tracker who, even though he's in a Jeep, would stop on the road and look for tracks to, because animals migrate. They're not in the same meadow every day at 5 o'clock. You know, you're dealing with a area that was probably uh, the size of uh, Brooklyn, if, for those who uh, want to know. Uh, the land involved was huge, and it was on two levels. We climbed literally with the Jeep, went up a mountain that was incredible. It was about 1,500 or 1,800 feet high uh, to get to a plateau on top which was a whole different set of, we don't, you know, you don't know whether it's a whole new set of animals, the same animals, because they're circulating and moving. And the uh, the basic animals, some of them the uh, guy does recognize because they know there's a limit on the number of lions they have, for instance, and rhinos that they had there. But it was a wonderful experience. Lions and tigers. No and tigers. Tigers no are in Asia. No tigers. No tigers. Tigers are in Asia. Which we found out. We found oh, lions, nice. cheaters, leopards, rhinos, hippos, wildebeest, which is the most common animal there, impala, kudo, uh, probably some more that I have uh, forgot because I I haven't had a Giraffes. Giraffes, thank you. Uh, allig- uh, crocodiles, not alligators, crocodiles, uh, jackals. Uh, we had a whole slope. And, and we had some close, very close encounters with them. They are all over. Uh, this game reserve is just a beautiful place. They have a, a lodge and wings of, of bungalows that are attached to each other, stone bungalows. I don't want to give the impression that it's flimsy because they don't want anything flimsy there. Uh, stone accommodations going out each side. I think there's six on each side, so there's a total of 12 rooms with each lodge. And they had five different lodges spread out over this territory. Very well run. Uh, took good care of us. Food was great. And just the uh, looking out your window looked awesome. Just the scenery itself, without the animals, was just gorgeous. Right. With, and with the with the animals, you're just saying it created a whole new level of experience. Yeah. Now. Now, okay, so you mentioned the food, and I'm really glad that you and Mom didn't turn into a tasty snack for <laughs> for one of these animals because they must have been just, you know, licking their chops at you guys at, you know, fresh New York meat. But, um, and the funny part, I mean, the funniest part, I mean, there's so many funny parts about picturing you and Mom on a safari. Like, I can picture you on a safari, absolutely, totally, and picture you in your element, going out like Crocodile Dundee and just having a blast, checking it out and feeling out the animals. I cannot, and still, like, until I see your pictures, picture Mom at all in that environment. (laughs) Uh, yeah, for for mom, yeah, for mom, you know, the wild to her is being out in the suburbs and having squirrels and the occasional raccoon. You know, uh, not yeah, living well, in again, your mother, uh, she certainly agreed and was looking forward to this trip. It was uh, 
you have a different. I remember your mother back in the day before we had children, and we used to go camping all over the eastern part of the United States together. Because I've been camping since I was a teenager. Uh, something that uh, your grandfather Jack, my dad, uh, instilled in me when I was a young boy, and I've enjoyed it being in the. Even though I am a city person, I. In, my release, the, the way that I can really relax is getting out in the wild. And to me, the only way that happens, which I did try to teach my daughters, I don't know how successfully, but I did try, <laughs> is that it, to be comfortable in nature and to know what's going on and how to behave and not be overawed by it. Um, your mom was tremendous on the trip. She, she loved it. Again, and again, you do things. You, we as humans, the difference you you were saying in your in your prologue about humans being animals, and we are. We are supposedly a highly evolved sense of animals, or the highest evolved. Some might argue, uh, but the similarities we don't you, are incredible. You don't drop that animal behavior is part of human behavior, and vice versa. There's things that we do that are just, we can't overcome those instances of animal behavior. And um, I'll give you a few uh, examples, if you want, from my trip. That I, I Things can. that hit me that while I was observing was so clear in my mind as to part of my own experience mm-hmm. and to the human experience. And there's two, mm-hmm. two things dealing with two major animals. That, um, one was with the, there was two different incidences we had in, with the rhinos in, uh, in Africa. Mm-hmm. One was there was a uh, one a mother and a I think they said a one week old or a one month old cub. And while we were driving in our vehicle, the mother would constantly, no matter where we were, we were driving around, would put her body between the cub and our car naturalist instinct in the world. Mm-hmm. Not sure to protect about your cubs. Protect the cub. And I saw that and they were just boom. Okay, this is good. Yeah, and we were not a, we were not trying to threaten the cub. We were there just taking pictures. The yeah, guy she was always, being cautious. She was being cautious. She wasn't taking a chance with a baby that small. Now yeah. conversely, we run into another family of rhinos. This is not the same rhinos. This is a mother rhino, a father rhino, and a teenage son rhino. A teenage son? A teenage was son. That's, going, how, that's how the guy described through, this. Was that's he going the, through puberty? <laughs> uh, just about. And what's going on? Uh, they all of a sudden, the, the, the father and the son start pairing off, locking horns, and having a wrestling match. Now, this hmm. was, to me, brought back instant flashback to me and my dad, many years ago. This is how we interacted when I was a teenager. And mom's there looking around, looking, watching it. Uh, then our Jeep actually got too close and she started charging our Jeep, which had another small incident in it, in that she charged, took two steps to the Jeep, and all of a sudden I had your mother in my lap instead of next to me. <laughs> but, and I, my comment to her is, I can't protect you if you're sitting on me. Uh, anyway. you, unless you just use her like a cannon and <laughs> well, no, that's not protecting her though. <laughs> right, right. But that is not a true story. And about a half of an eye blink, she was on my lap. 
Um, That's funny. Uh, but the mother and was watching the father and the son. They were going at it pretty good. They were locking the horns. They were pushing each other back and forth. A good show of testosterone. And that's what it was because it looked like, and then the guy had said to us, the son is getting of age, so the father still has to exert his dominance on him. And then when they were really starting to go at it, all of a sudden the mother comes into the middle of it, literally takes her horn, knocks the two horns, gently, not hard, gives a grunt, like saying, that's enough, boys. Cut it out. Right. Yep, and they go walking away peacefully. Now, boy, have I seen that behavior before. <laughs> yeah, and yeah that, that sounds like um, every other family meal. Right. Yeah, you know, that's just, uh, I really, uh, I said, wow, that, that, that's, you know, that's just natural. You know? There's a certain element of animal behavior that is carried over to us. We are supposedly uh, more sophisticated. We use our intelligence to overcome it, to get around some of these natural instincts. Um, uh, I, I was actually reading your some of the stuff that you had sent me, mm-hmm. and um, I which, was, which you you can you can share. I'm I'm not a hundred percent finished with my blog, so I've been sending my dad um, kind of the rough drafts, and the last draft is is almost done. So I will have the blog Alpha Lion up probably within the hour. So, but but true to form, my dad still um, still read it like five minutes before. <laughs> And by the way, if you did want to call in and chat with my dad and I, you can and are welcome to absolutely do so. The call-in number is 347-327-9450. Okay, so go ahead, Dad. Well, I love the quote that you uh, have here. Mm-hmm. Any man can mm-hmm. be a father, take someone special to be dead. And, and right. I really like that um, if you take that quote and break it down and go go into it. Mm-hmm. Anybody can be a parent, whether it be to me, it, it doesn't matter whether it's father, mother, the natural, not you know, not anyone in the sense of some are not meant for it, or most of us feel that when it happens, we're blessed for it. But you can try, uh, you can make the attempt. But when you, once you have children, um, to be a parent, rather than in this case to say uh, a parent, there's a lot that's meant by that word uh, the parent watches out for the interests of the child the cubs whatever animal and whatnot uh, nowadays I or when I when I read that cub that quote first thing that popped into my two things popped into my head uh, one was about today's uh, you know we read all the time about these athletes and movie stars or whatever who have these multiple families with multiple kids all over the place and it's like a uh, an ego thing of how many children they had with how many different partners. I personally that's in, but that's instinctual. You know, if you if you look back at the animal nature and the animal nature of of men, it is um, or the male animals that was that is the male feeling is to go and um, spread your survival of the species to to just keep procreating yes i and as as i said as i prefaced this about i that's that's the differentiation i believe that mankind is supposed to have evolved into to be above the animal world 
is that you give a care of when you bring somebody into this world that that person will get treated properly, get the care and love and nourishment that it will need to become a happy person. Not that you just follow your id and your ego, and I want my instantaneous enjoyment of the sexual act, and I that heck with it, I ain't going to worry about it later on. Mm-hmm. That's what I think has ha- is one of the dif- distinctions also. The animal world is cruel. We are supposedly, hopefully, evolving to not be cruel. Uh, example of cruelty in the animal world, lions. Uh, a male lion finds a lioness that he wants to mate with. Mm-hmm. He mates with her. He will often kill any existing cubs because he doesn't want her to have an attachment anything but his sires that's mm-hmm. that's just the way it is they um uh, uh and convert uh to make an analogy to humans we have so many nuclear families today right i i know through personal experience whereas people have remarried or married each other with previous children go on to create new families together as partners and the children tend to get left behind. They right. don't. They don't provide for their all their emotional needs. You, right. You know, and then you can say they emotionally strangle the children because they put or so you, much. Or you stuff have on. that. Yeah, exactly. You have that as regular families as well, where the the parents will just have their kids, and kind of the kids are left on their own and to their own devices, and um, or one of the parents will leave and never come back. And I think that um, the second part of the quote is it takes someone special to be a dad. And from what you were saying is that, um, you know, the key elements in, in being that is staying engaged and remaining present in your children's lives. Forget about living off and being a happier person, but just being present and engaging. That's a lot of where Supporting in I a way think. that you can, exactly. whatever that means. And on whatever level, if it's just emotionally, if it's financial, whatever you can do to make the, your children's lives easier. And also to not bring... Even, not, e- not, not even easier, easier. Because, you know, life is, is, life is hard. You know, a long time ago, my dad used to tell me, don't ever think life is made to be easy. It's not. It's hard. But it's also there to be enjoyed. It's a question of what you engage your mind to look at. If you're going to look at only the difficulties you have in life, well, then it's hard. If you take the time and the effort to look at the pleasures in your life, then it's enjoyable. Right. You know, it's it's, it's just that simple. Well, can I find that? I find that also when when a father is trying to engage in their family unit, a lot of times they don't know how. They're not sure what role they're supposed to play in the family unit. They're very comfortable with the role that they're supposed to play in the work world because that's their hunting ground, um, and that's where they're supposed to be to go out and bring home the meat, bring home the bacon, and survive and survive, um, keep their family sustained and provided for. But when they're in the family unit, a lot of a lot of men get lost in what their role is. And sorry to say, guys, they often are not the king of the jungle in their own home. They are, you know, playing second fiddle to the to their lioness, to their women, um, and being just directed around. And I'm focusing on, you know, how do we equalize 
the roles in a family unit where both are equally engaged in their families and each other. Well, I think the, what happens, Cynthia, and why that occurs is you always, I always believe that every partnership is a composite of the individuals involved. The individuals' personalities will come into play in that and some people are dominant. They want. They must have the final say. Uh, other people are, some people are completely submissive, and yet there are also people who, you know, they may not be dominant, but they're not submissive, but they don't need to have the accreditation that they changed, that they had their input and they had their way of directing the outcome of the decision. Uh I personally believe that in, in that in a marriage it's never stable. It's never usually the same roles at the same time. I, right. I, I your statement of I understand the piece of uh, uh, men being very confused. I, this is a, to have experienced my adulthood. It's a very confusing time for men. Uh, you've had the whole emergence starting back when I was a young man to of the women's movement of what is going on today where women are, you know, ruling companies, countries, and et cetera, where that was not part of the equation when I was younger, uh, where women can earn more than a man in a relationship, and how do you deal with that? Um, when men are making decisions that they'll be the stay-at-home dad because the woman can earn more. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of different roles that are being played today. It's up... Uh, to the individuals within the relationship to define what's best for them. Uh, I think the uh, social stigma of male-dominated society or the male is supposed to be this, that, and the other thing, I don't know. I do not believe that that holds true today. Well, I think in reshaping the landscape of the world absolutely has much to do and will morph into the composite of who who we all are. And um, going back to something that you said, have said to me quite frequently and that you always remind me of is um, is about the concept of protecting your cubs and that parents and men and, and fathers, they look at the role to protect their cubs like the mother rhino and protecting her, her one week old. Um, and also, I, I'll say that she was protecting the cubs of being of the father and the son, protecting them both from, from each other. From each but other. also, yeah, from each other and, and getting to the point where the mom steps in to break it up before somebody gets hurt, really hurt, not just playing, but is also protecting your cubs from themselves. And that is something that I that I always rem are reminded of and that you always reminded remind me of and actually do um, that in this world and in this new landscape that we're looking at and in the mighty jungle that we all face every day outside of our outside of well in our homes one as our 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 main front but also um, out in the world that we live and work and play in that we do have to watch out for ourselves and protect us from ourselves and you always say to me that I tend to to run ahead of myself <laughs> Uh, yes, you've always been since you were a baby, and that uh, interesting of that is that it, it, most people do have traits that are innate to them, uh, right? And they just their whole life 
such as you know, I'm no different, and we try to escape, but you can't. You know, you can't. You can't run away from yourself. You have always been the type who will see a body of water and jump in, and then worry about what's on the bottom of it. <laughs> Instead of putting a toe in and saying, uh, maybe I should see what's going on. Maybe I should see whether it's 100 degrees or 20 degrees in the water. That's not your way. No. Mm-mm. Always charge forward. Always charge forward. Where you know, I'm, I'm not really uh, charge forward. I, I'll get there, and I'll, <laughs> and I yeah. will uh, definitely take to. Uh, I've been known to take a few chances or to uh, experience things that some other people might say, "Hey, that's a little dangerous." Uh, but you know, we all have our different sense of that. Uh, again, I. As you said, I not am only not. sense you, you you work at your own pace. That is definitely for sure. That's my thing. Yes, I work at my mm-hmm. pace, and I like to evaluate things and not do anything until I'm comfortable with my mental atti- attitude about doing it. I, I I tend to look at a situation. I want to have a picture. I don't just go blindly into a situation. I don't like. Wait don't. wait a sec wait a second though because I'm distinctly remembering a rafting trip the last month that you uh, went on. <laughs> but hey, I was in my environment there. I've been rafting. Uh, who you know? I was rafting a long okay. time before I even took you. You know. Uh, yeah, I know. But when we were walking down, and we went with our, we went with like our whole family, our cousins, and yep. you know, the, yeah, your son-in-laws, et cetera, et cetera. So, but the the morons that we are, we're basically we're taking our raft and we're walking down to the water. Every other raft and family calmly, gently puts the raft down, steps in. What happens to us, we throw the raft in, and you, Dad, were the first one jumping in <laughs> to the raft. And the rest of us cubs are standing up on the hill, and it was like either we dove in and jumped up in after you, which everyone kind of did one by one, or we would have been left behind. So the whole well, notion be, of that's like... That's why I jumped in, so you wouldn't be left behind. That's why I yeah, jumped okay, in, so sure. that I could grab a paddle sure. and keep us by the shore. But you didn't know that. Uh-huh. So that's okay. It was like free-form Geronimo <laughs> going on with the raft. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have some fun while you're doing it too, you know. Oh my God, that was just so much fun. Well, I, mean, I, I actually, Cynthia, it's funny you mentioned that, but I was I was talking to somebody just the other day about miss about get, when will someone ask me when are you, when are you going on your next rafting trip? Yeah, said, we my, need my we daughters need to have been asking it. me that. We need to plan it. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Time we'll factors go. of all my daughters and their little cubs get to be it's not as easy as yeah, it used right? to be. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it, it's you know the logistics are always kind of interesting these days, but there is always time for fun and to jump into our our raft in nature. Yeah. Um, okay, so shifting gears a little bit, but drawing still a parallel from the animal kingdom mm-hmm. was, um, and in this week's blog, I talk about the the main dona- domains that. Um, that men do still rule, and I think you know it's stereotyp. It's definitely stereotypical, but but definitely holds true. Um, and that would be that of being the barbecue master, which you indeed are, in charge of the lo- electronics, the utility closet, and I will throw in the man chair. <laughs> and those tend to be like the male domains where the women kind of get everything else. Um, well, and I think here you're, you're breaking things down to individual needs. You, the uh-huh. basis, as a male or 
type of male that I am. These are the things that are important to me. A, a woman, the kitchen, the bathroom, uh, <laughs> uh, a, a shoe closet, uh, whatever, having enough closet space or whatever, those are the things that are important to them. Yeah, I still don't think uh, my brother-in-law has a closet yet in their new house. <laughs> <laughs> he may never have. <laughs> no, he'll never get state claim on that territory. <laughs> but with with the whole concepts of, of getting the domain and kind of like, you know, it's, I, I still see it as the women does still kind of rule the, the, home, the home life, is... Um, is like the whole aspect of the men and the hunting and the barbecue. And there's something that is so funny about watching guys on the grill. Like, for example, this this past weekend when we had um, a party for my son and my parents had generously hosted it at their house and we basically threw like a, a total family hangout um, barbecue. And you were the barbecue master. And I couldn't believe at first you wanted to set yourself all the way off to the side because I knew like you were going to be a, a main focal point for the party. So you're in the in the midst with your with your meat, grilling your meat. And throughout the party, I was just watching how like all the men, I think each of the guys and dads there at one point wandered itself over to the grill to like really check out what was going on, what was happening, ask you questions, you guys would like converse and then like either like stay and help and, and linger or like walk away. And to me like that was no different than probably what you see in the animal kingdom with like the the lions checking out what the the alpha lion in case you being the barbecue master was doing at the grill. And then, you know, seeing seeing how they can either participate or take notes or maybe, like, grab a hold and flip a burger. Um, and if not, which obviously that's not allowed on your grill, but, like, and if they can't, they walk away. Well, there's elements of that that are human behavior and some of that is animal behavior. I'll tell you something about the uh, – now, I did not see any hunting by the lions. We did not no hunting by the lions. No, we did not observe them hunt. They, but the uh, alpha male, uh, we ran into him several times in this trip, because he just strolls right down the middle of the road without a care in the world, and when he wants to sit down on the side of the road, he sits down on the side of the road, and he doesn't really care what's around him. If this seems like a good spot to him, that's where he's going to sit because he's the king of the jungle. It's, did you did you see him like sniffing out anything? Because usually no. animals will sniff out no. for no, markers. No, he's just walking. You know, I'm not going to say he wasn't aware of the scents around him. But even when we would pull next, literally, I was within ten feet of him in the jeep in this cruiser, land cruiser that they had that we observed all this in, and we would sit there watching him, and he would turn his head and look at us for a minute. Then he just turned back to face the sun and catch the words, catch the words. <laughs> and he's amazing. like, look, if you must. Right. Yes. And, yeah. But the thing that I, I will say about lions, which i not from this trip, to be honest, but I am, as you have put me in outdoorsman, and part of that is I do love Nat Geo and the rest of those type of shows that I do follow. Um, I'd much rather watch Nat Geo than Oprah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but anyway... Uh, I uh, will tell you that actually the lionesses do most of the hunting to provide for their pups. The male provides for himself. 
Oh, isn't that typical? Now, okay. He'll, if he's full, he'll let the family come and participate with what's left. But he will kill and eat first. The lioness will kill and the whole family, the, all the other, because they run in a pride, which is several different women, adult women with several groups of kids, all from the same male. That's the way the lion's pride works, by the way. It's not a one-on-one huh. relationship. One to many. Got it. Yeah, that's just the way it is in the in the so world. So the lionesses are the ones that take care of everything else. They really They'll take go. care of the cubs. Yeah. They really take care of the cubs. Now, where a male lion comes into play, when another male lion will threaten the cubs because he wants to take over the uh, the female, mm-hmm. the grown female, mm-hmm. he will have he will fight with the male that is trying to invade his turf. But sometimes they lose, and that's where uh, cubs wind up getting killed by male lions. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a little crazy, but yeah. No, well, that's just the way it is. There, there's no such thing as being a stepdad in the in the in the lion world, is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it None whatsoever. Doesn't exist. Other animals are different, but that's with the predators. That tends to be now going off of the lions. I know that's your theme. Uh, well, it's it's kind of, it's just just tapping on that for one second because it's kind of you know that tap, taps into um, you know just the whole translating to our world back to genocide and why that um, that happens and the, you know, ethnic cleansing. I mean, that's taking it to a whole extreme, but it's really not. That's kind of what you're saying is like an animal instinct that, that even we have. Oh, man, listen, since there's been man in different communities, there's been the attempt to dominate one side, one community to dominate another. You know, it's just... That's part of our animal nature that we unfortunately we haven't dropped yet. Right. But, Interesting. Uh, that that does exist. But one of the things I did want to mention, as opposed to uh, the carnivores, the non the herbivores tend to mix together. The impalas and the wildebeests and the kudos, which is a type of impala or deer-like animal for us on this side. Uh, Antelope, they all intermingle. Hedgehogs, that's another animal I didn't mention earlier. They're there, little like wild pigs. Uh, they all sort of hang out together. You know, you'll have one field, and you, you you'll have two of these standing, two impalas standing here with two wildebeest, with a kudo, with a couple of warthogs running around. You know, they they all live and zebras. They'll all intermingle. Giraffes sort of hang out in the background looking for the big trees. <laughs> they can't they really see spray, what's they going on below them. Yeah, they don't have to get something right. because they don't have to strain <laughs> their neck to get something to eat. <laughs> right, right. They well, just they couldn't be bothered. Right. That's well, funny. You know, they're bothered. They're all aware. That's one thing you know it's when you're a, watching. It's a physic, yeah, it's a physical thing for them. Right, it's a physical limitation. Right. But, uh, you know, and they stand, the giraffes tend to stand with the giraffes. Interesting, right. interesting enough, the elephants tend to stay with themselves. Now, there'll be other animals around them, but their pack, they stay together because there's always calves with them, young elephants, and they, just like that rhino I was talking about, they'll have them in the middle mm-hmm. or under their feet to watch out for predators because those are 
that's what a predator might attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a whole it's a whole different ball game when um when you're looking at if you're on the hunt versus you're being you're right being marked as a prey. And I see Melissa just called in, so let's bring on Melissa mm-hmm. and see what she she wants to chat. Melissa, hello, hello, welcome. I also have a guest here with me. Yes, who? I have my baby's daddy here. <laughs> Hi, really? Hi, Hi Mike. Hi, Melissa. Hi. Hi. So I want to hear from Mike. What are you thinking? <laughs> I, I like the analogy about uh, the lion and and uh, killing the cubs. We just think our house is more you like, like a- that. <laughs> <laughs> More like a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, being, being that you guys have three kids, it's, yeah, pretty much. And the organized chaos that goes in within families and managing their own cubs, it is very wild-like. And, um, like, for example, even when we were watching this weekend at the party, which Melissa and Mike and their family were, were at, um, it was like watching just, you know, animals in the wild. You know, we set up a little baby pool, and the kids just kind of kept to them. So I set up, like, everything that the kids needed, and then kind of, like, you know, the adults stood back and watched as the kids took to their activities and interacted, and, like, the main feature was the watering hole of the pool, and the kids were, like, in and out. But if you notice, like, the big kids went in first, except for your little one. She didn't care. She was right in the middle. Um, but the little kids went in first and were having, like, a buck-wild time and splashing and thrashing, and the boys were a little bit more wild than the girls, and the girls were kind of, like, sitting in the sidelines and jump in. And then when it was time, when de- my dad was done with, you know, serving up the barbecue, the big kids came out of the pool. They went and took their seats on the other side. And you saw the little kids who were sitting on the sideline. That's when they, like, went over very, very quietly and took their time to jump in the pool. So it was, like, very animal animal kingdom in, in my parents' backyard this weekend. So it's survival of the fittest, huh? Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, these natural instincts that these kids, you know, they know when it's their time. And, you know, the, the alpha the alpha kids being the, the male kids were the first ones in. Um, you know, the women kind of, the, the girls were like in and out. And then the cubs, the little, little itty-bitty ones, had to kind of like wait their turn off the sideline. <laughs> you, know, you know, one thing I will say that when I observed it, I it was a very... Beautiful sight to me to watch um, mm-hmm. the kids, the little kids, not my kids, my grandkids and your kids, Melissa, and the other little ones that were there, uh, to watch them just go off and do their thing together, whatever, create their own games, waiting their turn to get into them. Because we had a tiny pool. It's not like I have a big in-ground pool or anything. We were using one of those little kiddie pools with another little, pool. little kiddie, kiddie pool. Just a, right. and a little sprinkler system so the kids could just, you know, it was a very hot day here. But to watch how the parents of the kids did not interfere, um, observing, yes, making sure that their children were, were okay, that they were playing nice, if you will, for a uh, old cliche, um, but that I got a kick, which I was talking to Gail, uh, while we were observing the parents observing their children. Yeah. Um, 
uh, and that the parents felt comfortable enough with their children to just let them interact, to watch them. You know, this is again, you got to watch your cubs. You don't just let them go mingle with others haphazardly. But then, how the kids? All I heard all day long. I didn't hear screaming at all. I heard laughter. I heard fun. I heard occasionally a shrill of joy from one person. <laughs> one person. One kid in particular. The one kid in particular <laughs> had a certain, actually two actually, but but it was uh, it's just a pleasure to watch children when they are allowed to express themselves and just to go and play. And it's not being dictated what they have to do. You know what? They find a way to interact with other kids in a healthy and positive way. Well, some some parents looking on might see that we let our kids go wild. And and that was kind of a, a wild setting for them to be able to do that. I mean, granted, all the adults were there. I mean, I was like on sunscreen duty the whole day. And, you know, each 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 adult kind of took to their own role. You know, one of them was taking pictures the entire time. Melissa took amazing pictures, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the point was to have them all in, in an environment, in our reserve, um, you know, being able to do their thing. And I know Mike was taking notes on the grill because we were we were with Melissa and Mike the day after, and he hit up his grill with the skirt, skirt steak. <laughs> Hey, Mike, use my recipe. <laughs> I did. You can find a, your own, right? You can find your own. It's an easy thing to do. I did a similar recipe to yours. We did the soy vey. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, like I said, the men were you by the grill to, comparing You have to adapt those. to the terrain, just like the animals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Melissa, what are you seeing shaping up for M-Stems this week? Well, I think uh, you both had some great discussion points. I, I definitely think what the role is for, you know, some um, some great gems from Larry, our guest, about different roles that the, our dads play these days. And I definitely think over the last couple of years, or at least the last couple of generations, the roles have really required a good balance, as uh, I'll quote Larry, that even in marriage, but also as a dad or a parent, um, it's all about balance. And so I think that's where we're going to head towards. This week, yeah. what do you think? I think that's awesome, and I think it's also um, one of the other quotes that I found, and from what I'm gathering from my dad, and we're going to close up the substantive portion of Mama's Pearls this week, um, and then jump into my fun questions with my dad, is the fact of a father staying present and engaged and supporting their cubs and helping them grow into strong um, adults, and it's one thing to, you know, when you're going back to the rhinos fighting, it's kind of showing showing your, your cubs and your sons in particular, it's a father-son thing, you didn't have sons, so it was me being the tomboy for you, but showing your sons and your daughters, like, how it's done. Um, this is the way I do it, and, you know, you can choose to do it this way and then take it and make it your own, make it your own composite for your own life. And there's a quote by Vernon Howard that says, a truly strong person does not need the approval of others any more than a lion needs approval of sheep. What do you think of that one, Dad? I like that one. Not to go all corny on you guys, but another quote that I found, because I think sometimes we look for the right words just to put it in perspective, um, and sometimes 
other people say things in a better way than I do because my grammar is terrible. What <laughs> um, was very nice was talking, Larry, how you were observing your children. You're still protective of your, you know, your grandchildren are definitely important, but definitely watching your children is a big priority. And there's a Jewish proverb, when a father gives, what, when a father gives to his son, both laugh. When a son gives to his father, both cry. So the amount of pride and respect that you have to Cynthia with her children is just as exciting as what you, you know, when you were raising your children. So I think my mom always says, um, children, the dividends will pay off eventually, right? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my dad has a running tab with me, so. That's all right. That's what it's about. Two yeah, friends are definitely great dividends. Um, so um, I'm going to sign off now. You guys finish up, and um, I'm going to go off shopping and do some errands. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks, Mike, for, for coming on. All right. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. Happy Father's Day. Bye. Bye. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Good people. <laughs> I just love them. And... You know, it's just um, going back and getting a sense of what our true animal nature is. I think a lot of times we also shy away from it and we're um, a little ashamed of it. If we have, you know, a flight or flight response or, you know, something that's a knee jerk, like mom jumping on your lap for her her instinct of, of survival in, in that moment where she feels threatened. And by the way, that's something that my sister and I also have innately felt where no matter what, if we ever felt threatened, we can run to you and you would protect us from just about anything or everything. And, I would do my best, um, that much you know. You, you would certainly do do your best and 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 be quite fierce to any any predators, um, which made some for some interesting experiences with boyfriends. But we'll talk about that on another show. <laughs> we'll talk about that some other time. Yeah, that's some other time, yes. I'm we'll sure. talk about that some other time. But for the core part with us is that you were a stable, constant, present present in our life, and you always had the... Um, I'm talking the to best. Well, still, I said always and constant, and you still do. Um, but someone, someone <laughs> you want to finish my thought? Uh, no, no, not really. Okay. Um, but it's just that, that you are always here for us. Yeah, I'll bring it back to the present. You are always here for us. I know you will constantly be there um, in this life and in the next life and in the, in the, and in the world beyond. And I'm sure that I've, I know that I've followed you and Mom just over countless lifetimes. Um, and I probably am, will do so. Um, that That is how strongly bonded that I feel with you and with Mom and as our, as our family unit. And the live portion, again, is going to click off. So if you are listening live, you're going to need to um, sign back into the archives to continue listening. The show will still be recording. It just won't be streaming live after the next minute, but we're going to continue to record. Um, and, you know, you've always told me that it is not just a dog-eat-dog world out there um, or a dog-eat-dog world, but it's also a man-eat-man world, you know, which is unfortunate and oftentimes does include does include family and you know I know we joke with like the little ones with you know 
with your grandkids that we're going to eat you, we're going to eat you, and that you do take some good bites. I know that, um, and my children know that they are 100%. Um, safe and secure with you in your home, in your environment. And for me, like that is one of the core essence and traits of what it means to be a strong father figure, that there is that stability, that there is that safety, that there is that um, that commonality that you have, that you are part of your father's tribe. And this entire month on Mama's Pearls, again, for June, I really want to focus on on men, on the male roles, on masculinity, and support it. So, men, I am going to need your help, so I would like you to to contact me and give me some feedback and insights as to where you may be needing help. You can email me at Cynthia at MamasPearls.com. You can always find me on Facebook at Mama's Pearls. I'm on Twitter at SinTweet. And the blog, Mama's Pearls, can be found at www.mamaspearls.com. And, Dad, did you have any closing remarks before we go into our question portion? Uh, no, not really. I do, again, it's a pleasure to be here and to speak to you. Um, thank you for having me on the uh, appropriate month of uh, starting with Father's Day and Father's Row. I know your show is more of a uh, woman Dominate or female, I should say. Excuse me. Dominate. We're all about the lioness here, right? Yeah, all about the lioness there. <laughs> but uh, you know, a lioness uh, to to come into existence somewhere along the line, there has to be a male participating. And that is exactly the point, and why I see it's so important to give equal time and attention to both the the women and the men. And Dad, I just want you to know how much I honor and respect your role in our in my life and in the life of my children and I completely honor that and just wanted to thank you and wish you on air officially a very happy Father's Day. Well thank you, Cynthia. I am aware and I I could not tell you how much joy your children and you have brought and your sister and her child have brought to me in my life. That that really is the joy of of living is your family, your sibling, your not your siblings, <laughs> your your children and their children, and hopefully their children's not children. Me, not, maybe not yours, but definitely mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, but, right. Uh, it's within those elements that I have uh, been very fortunate to find uh, quite a bit of joy in my life, and uh, through your children and your sister's child, uh, I'm just having a ball. Well, and for me, there's nothing better than seeing you with my kids. It's just, yeah, it, it just does something. It literally cracks my heart just wide open. And my kids, like, when I was told, um, Colby, that we were going to, I, well, I was already at your house, and I called the house to say, all right, you guys have to get ready to come to your party. And that didn't seem to do anything. But when I said, Colby, you're going to come have your party at Grandpa Larry's house, his response was, Grandpa Larry? And I said, yes. He goes, I get my shoes on. <laughs> so he was all up and ready to come over to your house for some fun. And I think that says a lot about the relationship that you guys and the environment that you create um, and support for my children when they are at your house and in your your domain and in your reserve. So with that, we're going to close out the substantive portion, but I still want to go into my come tell mama questions. Mm. Um, yeah, so... 
Okay, so moving in, and also throughout this week, throughout this month, I will be um, sharing with the fathers different resources that I've found, and will continue to find for fathers to to help you guys along and sort out your stuff. Um, one of them is the National Fatherhood Initiative, which is www.fatherhood.com, and they have some really very cool. Um, embedded references and resources in that site. One of them is called Dr. Dad. And the other one, which I just love, is called When Duct Tape Won't Work. So to give you a little bit more um, insight into what you're supposed to be doing besides just using duct tape to, to fix your electronics and babies and that kind of thing. So, Dad, mm-hmm. all right, come tell Mama, in this case, Yaya, what is your luxury indulgence? Oof, my luxury indulgence. Is that on a daily basis, on a life basis? Or <laughs> oh, it's got to quantify. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're quantify. like Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield in Back to School when it's like, I have one question for you, but there's 27 parts. You don't need no 27 parts. What's, what's your luxury indulgence? Hmm. Hmm. Um. Taking time for myself, whether it's for the moment, whether it be a round of golf, sitting and watching a baseball game, or just sitting watching my grandkids. It, it depends on the moment. Good. I don't have a single indulgence. But when I can find that I'm taking the time to do specifically what I want at the moment, to me, that's indulgence. Awesome. Which of the following would you prefer? the best, or which you choose, the best sex of your life, the best meal of your life, or the best sleep of your life? Can we do two or three at the same time? <laughs> Everybody always asks that. Sure you can, but for for this purpose, choose one. It doesn't one. work, huh? Uh, boy. Jeez. Well, a lot of people like to try and combine sex and the meals, but if you have to pick one, pick one. I gotta pick one. All right. Um, I don't know. It's good. The sleep doesn't come in. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going for sleep? No, I said sleep doesn't come in. It, that, that's not part of the uh, choices here. As far as I'm, that's an, the easy one to eliminate. Okay. Uh, it's the other two that are much more difficult to eliminate one or the other, especially at my age. Especially for us, right. Especially for us, especially at my age. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you listen to Dr. Zahava, she will tell you that your sex life is far from over. I say it's over. It's just different. Um, it, okay. That's okay enough for that. PMI. I hear, I, PMI. I hear Val, yeah, I hear Val go in the background. Okay, TMI filter PMI, on. Yeah, yeah, I hear that too all the time. <laughs> uh, uh, I would probably say meal. Yeah, I'd say meal. I'll be safe and say meal. <laughs> and your favorite movie genre? Comedy, romance, horror, action, sci-fi. Uh, action. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right, no, no singing show tunes. Um, your food preference, sweet or salty? Sweet. Mhm. 
And what do you consider your most beautiful feature? My children. No, your feature. Uh, my children. <laughs> me? All right, I'll take that. You're be- the best part of you You're is me. You're not the only one. I said children, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> me and Val. Yeah. All right, so the best advice, actually in your case, I want to hear the best advice that your father gave you. Mm. Because you talked advice. a lot about your dad on this call, so I want to know the best advice that your dad gave you. Uh, be yourself. Also, tell the truth. Then you don't have to remember what you tell different people. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's probably the best advice I ever got from my dad. Love that. Thank you, Dad, so much for being with us and sharing this hour of Mama's Pearls. And now that we can uh, wrap up and go back to being the alpha lion in our day jobs. And I do need to do stuff on my day job right now. Yes, I know. you got to get back to work. So I appreciate you taking, taking this time out for me and for the Mama's Pearls community and sharing the very interesting um, and illuminating perspective of your experience in Africa I think it, it's something that um, that we can all visualize as well as, as learn from uh, the experiences in the animal nature and learn how to transcribe it and see the cues in our own everyday lives in our own jungles. So um, again, if you've enjoyed this webcast and want to listen to it over and over and over again as well as check out some of the other shows of Mama's Pearls, you may do so and are more than welcome to do so. Uh, at the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Mama's Pearls. Again, the blog Mama's Pearls and M-Gems can be found at www.mamaspearls.com. You can email me at Cynthia at mamaspearls.com. You can also email Melissa at Melissa at mamaspearls.com. If you have a message for my dad, you could send it to me and I'll be happy to pass it along. Dad, thank you again so much. Love you, sweetheart. I truly enjoyed this. Love you. Thank you. Um, And this is Cynthia of Mama's Pearls reminding you to enjoy your children and your family. Say I love you. And remember that a hug is mightier than the roar. Have a great week, everyone.